What's up, Buttercups? It is Nick with another episode of Taco Court Fantasy Football League podcast. This is the week five preview episode of the 2020 NFL season. In this episode, I review beer, eat a sandwich, talk about the Pats conspiracy theories, give a breakdown of week five. Hope you guys enjoy. It is way too late. And let's go. p.m. Saturday night, the night before week five, Sunday NFL football. I got a lot of shit to talk about. So I got me a turkey and cheese ham, not a ham sandwich. I always want to say ham sandwich, but it's a turkey and cheese sandwich with a little bit of sriracha mayo. And I say a little bit, but I mean a fuckload of sriracha mayo on each side of the bread, not on the outside, but each piece of bread on the inside. It's fucking fire. And I got to do a beer review real quick. So I picked up some Yingling Flight, which is like their Michelob Ultra. It says right here, the next generation of light beer, 2.6 carbs, 95 calories, 4.2% alcohol per or by volume. Made by Yingling. It's in a pretty cool can. It's got a white can with some blue lettering and stuff. Um, and it's got some wings on it and stuff like that. So I saw this along with Yingling has a Hershey's chocolate porter. Now, so I grabbed a sixer of these. They come in pint-sized cans. So we're going to crack it open and review it. And here we go. Pretty good. Really light. It's definitely a chuggable beer. It has a little bit of a heavier taste to it, almost like like it it tastes I'm going to say it tastes light, but it feels heavy. So it tastes light like you have a, like a Mick Ultra, essentially. And, but it's, it feels a little thicker, like a, like a Miller Lite or something like that. So um, definitely something I'll pick over, say, Bud Light. Probably something I'll pick over the Silver Bullets, given the opportunity. Got a burp now because I just slammed like half of this can. <clears throat> Pardon me. And yeah, uh, I'll give it a, let's see on the light beer scale. Uh, we'll give it a, like a 7.6, 7.6 on the light beer scale. And now I need to take a bite of my sandwich. All right. So I said, we're going to talk about some D-Gen betting while I'm eating this sandwich. This is just something I, I'm learning about myself as I do more betting and stuff like that. Um, but I'm super degenerate. So. On Thursday night, I did a pick and pull at work. We have a pick and pull where we pick all the winners of every week, right? Just straight up who wins the game, uh, kind of standard, whatever a lot of people do. And um, in my pick and pull, I picked the Bears to win. But for some reason, I couldn't do it with my money. So something told me that with all of the chips against them, as far as skill position players out of the game and all this kind of crap, 
like the Mike Evans, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? I don't know. Right. And uh, Chris Godwin out and everybody's on the injury list. It's like Tampa's become the new New England. And I don't know if that's a, it was a Belichick thing before or a Brady thing before. Like we're going to get into some Pat's conspiracy shit too. So anyways, I bet, uh, let's say 35 bucks. I'm a, I'm a rep. Route, uh, spit out all of the numbers too, but 35 bucks on the bat, Pats or the fucking Pats. I'm thinking of Tom Brady. 35 on the Buccaneers to cover three and a half points. So they're a three and a half point favorite. So I bet that. That obviously lost. I'm a big fan of this dude, Mooney, for the Bears. He's a freaking burner. And I looked at his yardage props and it was over 37 and a half yards receiving for him. And I put five bucks on it. Uh, Mooney to score one touchdown. I put 10 bucks on it. Both of those lost. I was looking at first touchdown props and I wanted to bet Mooney and he wasn't on the list. So I bet the Mooney to score first by, by betting the first touchdown score being any other player on the bears. I put five bucks on that and it would have been, I don't know. It was like plus 2,900 or something crazy. So decent odds or whatever, if he hits. For some reason, my dumbass bet Leonard Fournette first touchdown score once the news came out that he was active. And then literally as I hit it, I was like, shit, this is dumb. Originally, I had bet Ronald Jones to go under the rushing yards. And as soon as the Fournette news hit, I was like, oh, like I'm just going to put in a, a $5 on him to win or to score first. And then literally like a couple minutes later, I just said like, wait, this is just a fucking decoy. Like, like, they just need insurance, right? So, that was dumb. So, I was like, shit, let me look at that prop for Rojo again. And the, the prop for Rojo moved down nine yards. So, went from, like, 72 to 63 or something like that um, really fast. And so, I hit the over on that, for like, 20 bucks. And um, that ended up hitting because he went for, like, a hundo. So, um, I think last week my I said that my Jonathan Taylor props – they busted and I hated it because the Bears allow like five something yards per carry, and that's exactly what Ronald Jones got. So somewhere right around there. In game, I bet the no, this wasn't even in game. It was it had to have been before the game. No, it was in game. I bet the uh, Buccaneers to win money line. This was a minus two twenty two bet. No, this was this was definitely before. I was like, oh, I'm gonna double down on this, right? I got the spread and I'm just gonna pick them to win now. Uh, for some dumb reason, that's that's absolutely stupid. Um, never do that. Um, like either do that or do the spread. Don't do both. That's it's just it's dumb. Do one or the other. Double down on it. So yeah, I put forty bucks on the bucks to win. Uh, that obviously lost. Um, let's see. And midway through the game, I uh, I'm trying to pull it up. I got I made a fucking video earlier of it. So. It's scrolling, and I'm trying to figure out how to not let it um, read it off as it goes. All right, so we had the Mooney prop, the touchdown score for the Bears. We had the Leonard Fournette, and I'm scrolling through on this video I recorded on my phone, the Bucks, And then I in-game, I bet the Bucks. I think we're up 3-0, and I bet the Bucks, uh to first to five. Uh, so t- risk 25 bucks there, win five. And um, – or win 10, sorry. And then I uh, I was tilting heavy because I the Bucks lost, and I was down like 60-something bucks or something like that. I don't know what it – do the math. Don't do the math because you're not going to go back. But I was kind of upset and pissed that 
that all happened. So I was watching the Dodger game that night and I was like, oh, I need to go to bed, right? Um, super late. Like the East Coast is so bad for watching sports. But I uh, I ended up betting the Dodgers. And uh, we'll get to that right here. Where is it at? <clears throat> Tampa. Oh, it cleared on Friday because this book is, it's closing lines. All right. So, yep. I was watching the Dodger game and um, they were up big and they're up like seven or I think six, seven runs, eight runs or something like that. I think it was seven or no, it was six runs. They were up at the time and it was probably like the sixth inning or something like that. I forget what it was. There was a few innings left and I was like, shit, the Dodgers are going to keep scoring because the Padres have a ship um a shit bullpen so i was like oh i'll bet the dodgers minus seven and a half right um they'll win by eight runs like they're just they're on they were catching on and stuff like that and i just felt like it was it was going to open up big so i put 20 bucks on them that was even money uh to win 20 more dollars um but we'll talk about what what that ended up looking like um later on so i also bet at the same time over 13 and a half because all they had to do was score like uh, two more runs to get to 13 and a half or something like that. Or one more run uh, to pass 13 and a half. It was two more runs. It was like 11 runs at the time. And they just needed um, like a couple more to get to 13 and a half. So I put 20 bucks on that to win 15. Both of those ended up cashing. But um, as it went on, the Padres ended up scoring a few runs. And then I was like, shit, like this sucks. And um, so I was like doubling down, double down, which is stupid. Don't just take the losses because this can turn really bad. It turned it out. Okay. For me, but it, it'll, it more than not, is going to turn really, really bad for you. And, uh, I ended up betting the Dodgers later on five and a half. So I lost two points already and I put a hundred bucks on that to win 95. Um, and then the Padres scored again and it dropped to four and a half. So I was like, shit, like I got to do something here. Right. And, um, which is stupid, not right. That's wrong, Nate. So I put another hundred bucks to win fifty for the Dodgers to get to four and a half. I saw that line drop to four and a half really fast. Um, hit that, um, and it took until the top of the ninth inning, which on the East Coast. Sorry, my nose itches. But on the East Coast, uh, top of the ninth inning for for a game in Houston is like one o'clock in the morning, one thirty in the morning. So um, I stayed up all fucking night. Sweating that out. The Dodgers put up a few runs. Uh, they put up a bunch of runs. I think dude hit a homer in the ninth and uh, put them up eight runs and covered the 13 and a half. So I won all the Dodgers bets, but um, literally was beating myself up for it. Hated myself, wanted to puke. I was like, fuck, like it would have been like a $70 loss on the day. And now I'm in a predicament where I am. Uh, I have the opportunity to lose like close to 400 bucks in one night. So um, it ended up working out. I got back to even on the night, but um, yeah, don't ever do that. So um, yeah, that's that for DJ betting talk. Uh, don't do what I do. It won't last forever. And I'm learning a lot about myself in those type of things as I bet. So I think that's kind of an important thing too. If you're going to get into sports betting or daily fantasy and stuff, I've always talked about um, in the daily fantasy realm to have like a budget for a season or something like that. So if you want to play the NFL season and you want to play 50 bucks a weekend, right. And there's 17 weeks, um, throughout the regular season, like just do the math. Right. Um, 
you know, or you want to do like, that's how much money you're needing to save to be able to do that and then stick to it because, um, you can easily get caught up in thinking that, you know, your shit and, um, one bad weekend, you fucking lose it all. So it's better to do it piece by piece by piece, treat every week differently, um, and go from there. And then in the betting angle, like I talked about in the last episode, um, using a unit being 1% of your bankroll of whatever your budget is out for, or whatever's in your stash to bet, bet each unit as uh, 1%. And I was literally doing the wrong shit in everything I just said. So uh, learning a lot about myself, like, Hey, like this is this. And, um, but I'm also learning that I'm better, not, not in that situation, but in some college football stuff we did today, um, that I am much better at watching a game for five to seven minutes and then making a decision. So I might be doing a little bit more of that kind of stuff. Um, hit the Alabama over, it was like 73 or something like that after like the first two drives and they both scored within like five minutes of the game or like four minutes of the game or something. And it was like, this thing's going fucking bazooka. So I hit that um, and a couple other in-game stuff that um, really helped me um, gain a profit today. So uh, I might get into that a little bit later. It's fucking 1145 tonight. So um, there's that. All right, so we got beer down. We got bets down. I'm going to take a drink of this beer again. It's pretty good. I got two of them because Clemson almost fucked me. Uh, Trey had the Clemson over 35 points, I think it was, or 37 points. Uh, it was 35, I believe it was. Uh, yeah, it was one of those. Whatever the Clemson, Clemson team total was, and Clemson scored right before the end of the game, and then um, Miami had the ball, and then they turned it over with a pick, and – uh, the game total at the time was at 58. Um, I bet the under 50 or uh, the game total at that point was 59. He hit the over on the Clemson team total. I had the under on the entire game, which was 59 and a half. I had Clemson uh, with the spread for minus 14 under 59 and a half parlay. So we were talking about it there and saying, like, fuck, did that just fuck you? And it's like, nope, just no more points. Miami turns over the ball. Clemson rolls down. And then Clemson fucking gets within, gets the last first down they need just to take knees. And Clemson keeps fucking running plays, gets the ball all the way down to the one-yard line with, like, 11 seconds left in the game. They're up by fucking a million on Miami in this pouring rain. And Dabo has the team fucking hurry up, run one more play to try to punch in for a fucking touchdown luckily they got fucking stuffed and um i hope that everybody on that team gets fucking hiv um and but it's but they get with magic johnson to figure out how to live through it so um at least fucking dabo because that was bullshit i get you're trying to get your players to get some fucking run in on in some real game action and stuff like that but you're the favorite by far to win the fucking national championship and you're sitting there in a rainstorm running another play at the goal line where everybody's going to be fucking crushing into one into the center part of the field. And you have your fucking offensive line and everybody out there. Like, like, come on, man. Fuck. Um, all right. Getting into this week's matchups in taco court fantasy football league in uh, a second while we take a break to hear from our sponsors and I eat my sandwich. And we're back. So week five matchups, we have the three and one pocket dogs 
traveling to I shave my balls for this, who is also three and one. I shave my balls for this, which is Trey got a 16 point lead or uh, initial lead out of the Thursday night game with the Tampa Bay Bucks quarterback. But the projected outcomes for this game are extremely large right now. So we have pocket dogs favored to win 156 to 128. And I think it's going to be something like that. Um, I think that the pocket dogs take this down with a roster full of Dak, Clyde, Chris Carson, D hop, Lockett, Smokey Brown, Darren Waller, Justin Jefferson in that potential shootout in Seattle. And Aaron Jones being on by for, for Trey and just meh on the roster, right? You got Jonathan Taylor going up against Cleveland. Do they feed him the ball? Is that going to be slow paced? James Robinson could put up decent points. Zach Pascal. <laughs> oh, uh, he's got Kareem Hunt, Michael Thomas back. So we'll see what that looks like uh, also. But um, yeah, I just think that the firepower that the pocket dogs has gets them to victory. I predict James going four and one. Trey getting the second loss on the season. Damn these burps. I haven't drank beer in a long time. But anyways, second matchup, we have Chad, one and three, going to too hot to handle, who is three and one. Projected scores are 119 in favor of Chad to 114 for Brandon. Uh, I can see why. He's got the players and the names and stuff like that. But Chad has the Chiefs quarterback, who I think may light it up, but they're projecting close to 30 points for this guy. Like, I don't know, man. They're going to be able to run left, right, up and down, left, right, left, right, center, center, up, down, up, down, A, B, A, B, whatever it is, start, select, start, select, and then fucking Mortal Kombat. Um, but so I think they're going to be able to run the ball. But and he's also got Melvin Gordon and Jerry Judy, Julian Edelman. So he's going to be highly invested into Monday night. So we're going to have a sweat going on. Brandon only has – Brandon does have – the Chargers quarterback and Justin Jackson going Monday night. Justin Jackson may be able to get some of that passing work with Austin Eckler, who is out um, on the IR and probably won't be coming back till week 10 because he's on he's going to take about six weeks to get done with that thing. And then they have a bye um, or after week 10. So I think they have a bye. So if he could come back five weeks, then he's going to end up or four to five weeks, then I think they're just going to rest him through the bye. Um, Chad is also down Christian McCaffrey and um, Adam Humphreys, but that's irrelevant right now. And, uh, yeah. Brandon, two out to handles down Devonta Adams and the Packers quarterback, so he's at a disadvantage there. Even with that said, on the back end at the flex positions, you got Hunter Renfro for, the, uh, for Chad, and I just don't – I don't know. Like, I just don't believe in all these extra guys that he's got. I think that Melvin Gordon and Jerry Judy are going to have a tough time against the Patriots, but they're projected for double-digit points. You have Hunter Renfro right at 10 points. Greg Ward going at two. Pittsburgh sitting there with almost 14 points projected. T.Y. for a double-digit points against Cleveland. Um, I think that these projections are incorrect uh, and that we're going to see the guy himself too hot to handle go four and one and Chad continue to plummet in the standings down to one and four next matchup. We got the three penis wine, two and two going to 
Tony Patriot, one and three projected line. Nick, three penis one, one twenty-seven to Tony's one thirty-four. Looking over the rosters, I think this is another one that could have some um, some fluff in it too. Nick also has Julio Jones sitting on the on the sidelines right now, uh, but he's questionable. Who knows if he ends up playing against Carolina? Um, and then we have on his roster, he's got the Rams quarterback, James Conner, coming off of basically a bye. James White coming back into the fold a little bit. Uh, we'll talk about how I think that's going to turn out uh, and why the Patriots fucking got their game moved to five, five o'clock Eastern on a Monday. Um, Mike Evans put up a 15 for him on Thursday night, but he's got Gallup who, who knows what he's going to get there. Uh, T Higgins ugh, against Baltimore, Evan Ingram, who they're going to need to pass. And this is full point PPR, but he's also got Derek Henry coming Tuesday night against Buffalo and DK on Sunday night football up against the treacherous defense of the Vikings. Treacherous is, and that is the type of play that they do where it's not good. Tony sitting here with, Deshaun Watson, the Texans quarterback, and they have him projected for like 26 points right now. I don't think that game ends up in like passing the ball much. I think that what they end up doing in this game is a lot of running on both sides. Uh, Romeo Cremel, um, anybody remember when he was the Kansas City Chiefs coach? I don't think they threw a forward pass. Yeah, I think he may have been the Kansas City Chiefs coach when – like head coach when they didn't throw a passing touchdown all fucking season. So who knows what they do there? Look at those David Johnson rushing props over. Should be able to run on Jacksonville and Jacksonville should be able to run all over uh, Houston. So on a betting side, if that over is somewhere close to 55, maybe you want to look at the under. I don't know. I don't know. Probably stay away game. Anyway, he's got Josh Kelly. Damian Harris, uh, I don't, I don't know about that, but we'll see. Uh, DJ Moore, yuck. Hopefully he can get some some pass catches, but hopefully not because I got Robbie Anderson on my roster. Uh, DJ Chark, Will Fuller, George Kittle, Slayton, who commands the ball a lot there, and Daryl Henderson, who I think is in for a bounce back game. So, if Nick can get Julio to play, maybe it's a lot closer. Who knows what happens with Will Fuller and DJ Moore, Damian Harris, Josh Kelly. But we're going to have to wait till Monday night to see. I'm going to just go ahead and predict. I think the George Kittle is going to be the difference with Jimmy G coming back. And Tony Patrick moves to two and three. Nick falls to two and three. Next matchup, Murder Boners two and two going to Password is Taco, who's four and oh. The projected line for this is... 127 to 156 in favor of password is taco clint is on a fucking roll again everywhere he's also one of the top teams in champions dynasty league that podcast is available on all podcast platforms where we took a four of pretty competitive leagues amongst a bunch of comrades and took the top three teams out of each league and put them in a dynasty format. We're in the inaugural season over there. So go check that podcast out and see how that's working out and see how we kind of built it. Uh, this is kind of a 
a misnomer on the projections because currently the murder boners have Marvin Jones in the starting roster. So there's a big zero there, but looking down at his bench, he's probably going to end up playing Brandon Ayuk, who is electric. If you didn't see him jump over dudes. He jumps over dudes. Um, he's also got Jared Cook there on his bench, but uh, I still think that the, the roster that Clint has going for him ends up beating out Octavio. So give me Clint there. He's already got a 17-point lead due to Thursday Night Football where he played Ronald Jones. Clint is such a dick. I just noticed this, that he I've seen it the last couple weeks. He purposely starts a Thursday Night guy in his flex, and I think it is to show that he can do things that he shouldn't be doing and still beat the fuck out of everybody. He's basically the fucking Dabo Sweeney of Taco Court Fantasy Football League, and we may need to come up with some type of in-season punishment for that. Um, anyways, um, the next matchup is the Battle of the Suck. We got Baby Ruth Glenn, who's 1-3, going to the Eskimo Brothers, who are 0-4. Could Josh possibly get his first win of the fucking season here? I think he may. I think he may. Ugh. God damn. Baby Ruth sitting here with the Falcons quarterback, Joe Mixon, I think is going to dud against Baltimore. Baltimore opened up as a 13-point favorite. It moved to 11. And then now it's back at like 12 and a half right now. I don't think it's remotely close to that. And Joe Burrow doesn't really look to the running back to, to dump the ball off. But he's also got Antonio Gibson, who went off last week. They're playing the, the Rams. <coughs> And Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, I think is going to outproject this thing. I think that the Rams poured on. They've had some two close games and stuff like that. It's time to make a statement. Um, and what better team to do it against Washington? The only thing is that it is a Sunday 1 o'clock Eastern game, and they're coming from the West Coast. But Washington's pass defense is fucking terrible. Hit every Cooper Cup prop you can do. It's literally going against, like, the worst slot corner in the entire league who I think he converted from safety but he is trash my nose god damn he's got AJ Green in his roster still um he's probably probably should look at playing Mike Williams if he if he's gonna play um he returned to action um in practice this week so hopefully he ends up playing but that's also a Monday night game so is he gonna want to do that he also Sonny Michelle sitting here. Um, he was placed on the IR, so not going to be playing him. But he doesn't have any other Monday night guys, so it's kind of a risky situation. But when you're one and four and you're playing AJ Green, you might want to just take that fucking chance because AJ Green probably won't catch a pass against Baltimore. Um, he also has Nick Chubb that's hurt right now, so that's kind of hurting him out. Um, Dallas Goddard hurt. Like he's got a bunch of hurt fucking players on his team, so his squad is really good. It's just this, um, these injuries are fucking killing him. But on the Eskimo brothers' side, Phil Lindsay, Alvin Kamara, uh, the Baltimore Ravens quarterback, Scary Terry, Golden Tate, Curtis Samuel, yuck, uh, Kelsey, Debo, Jimmy Graham. So, you know, the Eskimo brothers have a decent squad as well. Um, I think it's just the curse of the Jeep. So, uh, damn it, I don't want to pick Josh to win this game. Maybe if I pick him, he'll lose. All right, so we're going to pick Josh to get his first win. So Josh go one and four, and 
Baby Ruth Glenn going to one and four. Oh, and in the marquee matchup of the week, we have this Grote Squad one and three going to the Vinegar Strokes, who are three and one. The battle of reciprocals. Currently, the Scrote Squad is favored to win 146 to 130. Put up 37 points on, or basically 38 points on Thursday Night Football with Allen Robinson, David Montgomery's got Ben going, uh, Dal Cook, Tyler Boyd, Russell Gage, Zach Ertz, Deontay Johnson, Jamison Crowder. Jamison Crowder with Flacco, who I, I don't know how that ends up. Like Flacco is fucking garbage. But, um, He's also out Chris Godwin. His team's pretty solid, too. Um, but he's projected there. Alan Lazard on his IR. The Vinegar strokes yours truly. I'm rolling out the man himself. The mustache madness of Garner Minshew, Jack's quarterback against Houston. I may look to change that out because I don't know. Because... I do think they're all going to run the ball, but if Houston can put up some points on these guys quick, I like his chances. Um, at least get, you know, two touchdowns out of the game or something like that. But then I got Zeke. I think that's going to be a big game there going up against the Giants. They need to figure – they need to – like a team against the Giants who probably isn't going to put up tons of points no matter how fucking terrible your defense is. Um, it's time to get back to doing what Dallas was supposed to do and run the fucking football. It's all cool and gravy that you're fucking throwing for 500 yards a game or 400 yards a game with Dak Prescott, but you keep losing and your defense is tired as fuck. Like they suck. You got to keep them off the field. Like Jesus. Um, David Johnson. I think that's going to be a blow up spot for him. Juju on the beats coming back. OBJ against Indy. That might be a little bit of a rough one. If Jarvis Landy Landry can't get him the ball, Robbie Anderson against Atlanta. Give me that 25 points. Hunter Henry Monday night, uh, Demir Bird. And this also looks a little skewed because I don't have a second flex in right now. Kind of looking to see what Raheem Mostert's status looks like, but that's a 4 o'clock game. I do have Zach Moss also, but that's a Tuesday night game. I don't know about that. And the players that I would really put in, I have Nelson Aguilar, Nicole Hardman, and that's about it. And both of those guys play at 1 o'clock, so... Um, kind of stuck in a pinch there. I kind of want to hear what's going to happen tomorrow morning. Um, see if we hear anything else out of Raheem Mostert, but he practiced limited fashion, so it's not looking that, I don't know. Do they need him to beat Miami? You know, but do the running backs really matter in San Francisco who it is? I don't know. Anyways, that's for the matchups. Other than the fact that I'm going to beat the fuck out of Wayne this week, he's going to end up, Ben's going to end up putting up fucking 12 points against Philly. And um, Dow Cook's going to fucking pull a hammy. Um, that would not be good because I believe that Trey has Alexander Madison. So, um, yeah, give me, I'm, I'm in a 39-point deficit, 38-point deficit, predicted to lose by 16. Let's take the vinegar strokes. We're moving to 4-1. and one. The Scrope squad is going to 2-3. and three. What's on my mind? What's on my mind? The New England Patriots conspiracies. Trey brought it up in a group text the other day. Said, hey, you think Belichick got Cam to get COVID so they wouldn't have to show New England, or Kansas City their game plan? 
And it kind of made sense. Maybe not getting COVID, but putting him in position to get COVID, maybe. Or did he even have COVID? Did they just find a way to give him something that would make him test positive? Can we really put that beyond the Patriots to do? They played a tight game against Kansas City without their quarterback. They had like three or four turnovers in the game. And it was tight. Just the defense. Who knows? But here's where the real conspiracy comes. Why? You have to ask yourself, why New England's playing on Monday night now? They played Thursday, right? That was a Thursday night game? Is that what it was? Yeah, had to be. Thursday night game. Prime time. Cam COVID. They're saying Stephon Gilmore, but they knew Stephon Gilmore before the Chiefs game. He had dinner with Cam Newton. It wasn't a deal. He was on the plane. Why Why is the game moved to Monday for New England? How long does a player need to be down when they have a positive COVID thing? 10 days? Thursday to Monday is 10 days. You bring back Cam Newton, let him play. They got the bye next week also. I think they got one on us. I think they got one on us. Sit Cam so they don't get the game plan. Because maybe they're showing a bunch of shit that they not even, they don't, they know they don't even need to get into the playoffs. They're just hiding stuff because they don't need to show it. But, they give Cam 10 days. Throwaway game against the Chiefs. Don't show him what we got. Test what we can do without him. Defense holds pretty well. I think Cam can put up another 14 points as opposed to Stidham or Hoyer. Bet. New England's going to the fucking Super Bowl. God damn it. They did it again. They did it again. It's 12.10 in the morning. I got three bites of this sandwich left in this tasty 7.6 rated light beer from Yingling called Flight. Suck it easy. Good luck. I'll talk to you later.